Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having real, honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm CJ, and today I have the pleasure of sitting here with Crystal Chang. Hi, friends. Ashley Bohens. Hey, everyone. And Tom Shefshunis. How's it going? Also known as Chef Around Here. Now, today on Rethinking Youth Ministry, we're going to ask the question, discuss the question, how do you talk about sex and dating with middle school and high school students. Now, if you can't tell, we are going to have um, some conversations that are probably not going to be safe for younger ears, uh, for your kids, that kind of a thing. So if you are listening to this in the car or at home, this is your official disclaimer. Go ahead and put on your headphones because we're going to have some real and honest conversations. Now, before we dive into this, guys, Crystal, Ashley, Chef, I would love to find out how did you guys hear and learn about sex and dating as you uh, were growing up, middle school and high school? Did did you learn about it from anybody, or you know, the what did that look like? Encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so kidding. Long. I never got the talk, um, but my mom. Uh, didn't realize that my second grade classroom would have a full set of encyclopedias and you'd be surprised what's in there. Wow. <laughs> What'd you find, Crystal? <laughs> well, I found words that I couldn't pronounce, but I learned what they meant <laughs> and how they work together. Oh, my wow. <laughs> second grade. Second grade. Wow. Um, Watch out for those readers. <laughs> and then... You know how to read. And now you're My parents were up. safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. And then nobody ever said another word about it from second grade to seventh grade. Wow. In seventh grade, and I grew up in church. I was in a church the whole time. And in seventh grade, this boy in my class um, named Casey came and sat down, and he had the seat beside mine in class. And he said, I went to this church thing last night, and I, I can't believe what they said. And I said, oh, what'd they say? And he goes, God doesn't want you to have sex till you're married. Did you know that? And I was like, no, no one had ever told me that. Wow. And so I'm glad that kid went to wow. a church thing because I grew up in church and no one ever said that. They assumed we knew. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the encyclopedia didn't say that. <laughs> and, and you have parents all over the place right now checking their encyclopedias. <laughs> right. Take that page out. Let's put that on a Wait. higher shelf. <laughs> But I think the bigger issue is if parents still have encyclopedias in their yeah. house, then there's, then anyways. So they were passed down from okay. generation okay. to generation. Okay. CJ. The old family has, it means a lot. Ashley has encyclopedias in her house, is what she's saying. So, so what, about, what about you, Ashley? How did you figure all this stuff out as you mm. were growing up? Right. So I was never part of student ministry growing up. So through middle school and high school, I just had what I learned in the public schools. And my parents were the parents who didn't think the school should teach me about it. They said, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be in the classroom when they talk about this. This is the parent's job. So they pulled me out of the classroom during that unit. And then my dad attempted to give me the, the talk. And he this is exactly what he said. Oh, my. I love my father so much. This is what he said. He said, Ashley, you want to be like China, not a paper plate. People are careful with China. They only take China out on a special occasion for special people. And paper plates, nobody cares about them. They just throw them away. (laughs) And he's like, Ashley, do you understand why you want to be China? And I said, because it rhymes with vagina. And I ran out of the room. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) My forefather. Like, (laughs) that is. That poor man. Oh, my. Exactly. But, guys, just 
to fast forward the story, I became the health teacher later in life, which is fabulous. That yes. I was never allowed to sit in that class. And then I became the teacher. Of that <laughs> and we're going to get to some of that classroom experience as a health teacher here in a minute. But chef, so how did you uh, figure all of this stuff out as you were growing up? Yeah, well, I remember I'm old, but I remember getting our first VCR about the time I should learned this and my dad um, got a video from the store by the Fonz, Henry Winkler. <laughs> and if you want some great YouTubing, <laughs> they, they are still out there because he plays, he, 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 he tells you it to it by song, which is really, he's got another guy who comes in and plays music and uses all those words and finds words that rhymes with those words. So I, Kind of, kind of like yeah, the China like thing Ashley's that experience. Ashley just brought up. <laughs> so rhyming was important to that. And uh, I just remember my sister and I sitting there like, what is this? And then there was public school health. And Crystal, it's interesting you bring up the church because I'm trying to remember ever hearing about sex and God's plan outside of some sort of guilt or can you believe that happened sort of message. I mean, we talked about it a lot, but it was always with a, can you believe that that happened? Or, you know, it was, it was a, it was a tough, you know, mm. I, yeah. and, and it's why I'm super excited to talk about this today because I think we need to think about it. That's great. Thanks for sharing chef. Now, obviously this tension, this issue was around when we were growing up and I think it still exists today. And it's not just something that we have to like theoretically like, oh, I think middle schoolers and high schoolers are still asking some of these questions. What's awesome is that Ashley used to work in the public school system as a health teacher. And Ashley, tell us what we have in front of us, because all of us have these little uh, pieces of paper with questions on them. What's what's all this about? This is, this is some crazy stuff that you brought into the office today. Yeah, so one of the units I had the privilege, honor and privilege of teaching to six, seventh, and eighth graders in the public school was the, quote, family life unit or the sexuality, mm-hmm. human sexuality unit. And so I would always do the anonymous question box, which you're probably familiar with, um, but I would separate it by grade so I could keep track of what grade was asking what question because right. I, as the teacher, wanted to learn the mind of that grade. And so um, I brought some sample questions from eighth graders, and these are a mix of questions that I got in the public school classroom and then also in my student ministry that I led later after. So this, is, this isn't theory. This isn't, I think they're facing this in school, or I think they're thinking about this in school. We have in their own handwriting, this isn't even typed out. These are their actual handwriting, what they're asking. And if and you're lucky, we'll pronounce the words as they're spelled. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they they are the spelling. These are authentic. I kept them like their, their own handwriting to like show the authenticity of the question. So let's just round robin this. Let's just go ahead and, and uh, you know, go around here. We all have a few in front of us. Let's hear, you're going to hear some questions eighth graders are actually unedited. asking. Very unedited. Here we go. And as we get started here, just so you know, these are all questions from eighth graders. CJ, why don't you start us? Okay, here we go. Uh, again, unedited, unfiltered. So why do guys <laughs> always pressure girls into doing things they don't want to do? Well, that's a pretty good one. I have, um, how many times do you have to have sex to get pregnant? That's interesting. And I have, how many times do you get to have sex before you get pregnant? (laughs) And I have. One's a guy, one's a girl question, I think. Well, (laughs) listen to this This one. This is definitely good handwriting. That's got to be. Can you get pregnant from just sitting on sperm in a bathing suit? Um, Wow. What age do you have to be to use birth control? Wow. What happens if people make fun of you because you're a virgin? How do they get the baby out if you want an abortion? 
Oh. How do you pop your wow. cherry? <laughs> How do you say no if someone wants to have sex with you? What should you do if you know someone that's having sexual relations, which I think is <laughs> awesome. That's that great. They use that term. Yeah. And are worried about their well-being. And, and you're worried about their well-being. Great question. That one was probably the health classroom question, the sexual relations. Sexual <laughs> relations. You are welcome. <laughs> Crystal? And speaking of vocabulary, what is a G-spot? Oh, wow. What happens when a 13 to 15-year-old gets pregnant? Why did they give a range? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What should people in a relationship talk about? Is it wrong that I want to do more sexual things with girls? That's quite a question. There was a sex party at my school. Should I be afraid? (laughs) Wow. What are you supposed to do if you're in a relationship that you want to get out of, but they won't let you break up with them? Um, how many erections do guys get a day? <laughs> there you go. Aren't you glad you grabbed I, that one? <laughs> I said that in, into a microphone. You did. You did. You've got if a great you're job. you're giggling uncomfortably in your car, don't worry. We're giggling we're, uncomfortably yeah. along with you. This, this, These this are just is, real. This is real life. <laughs> this is what this we're is doing. real life. How do I talk to parents about dating? No question mark on that question. <laughs> what do I do if I'm offered sex and I don't want it? What is a blowjob? How far does the average teen go? If you use a condom, can that prevent any STDs? This is my favorite question in my stack. Is it possible to have a reproductive system on your face? (laughs) Wow. Good job, health teacher. (laughs) Eighth grade, so they've had two years of health. You can't even say anything after that. You can't. There is a reason that kid asked the question. There's a reason really what we're getting at. This is why... He knew that the teacher was going to answer it. This is why we had the disclaimer at the top of this episode. Um, All right. How many sexually transmitted infections are there? Uh, I want to know about relationships because I want to know how to make them healthy in a way that I don't get hurt all the time. Wow. Uh, A little less thinking to this question. What is a threesome? Oh, man. <laughs> Follow that, Crystal. Yeah. This one's precious. Me and my girlfriend have been dating for seven months. Everything is good. The only problem we have is jealousy. Do we have true love? Wow. It sounds like wow. something like, Dear Annie. <laughs> <laughs> precious. All right. How do you know when a relationship is real? And how do you know if your boyfriend is using you? Hmm. Can you join a virginity club in high school? And last but not least, how can you tell if you are in a healthy relationship? So I know that was several minutes of just questions, but I think this is a great baseline, a great foundation for the rest of our discussion here. Because I think that a lot of times, you know, parents ask, maybe even if you're a youth leader, you ask, like, I don't know if my students are dealing with this. I don't know. Parents are asking, I don't think my kid deals with this. But they do and they are, and Mm -hmm. they are asking these things. What other tensions, what other, uh, what other, what other things are youth leaders feeling before they even start talking about sex and dating with their students? Like, what are they, what are their hesitations with this? 
I think for middle school specifically, a, a huge tension is I don't want to like take their innocence from them. Like, I don't want to talk about something. I think a lot of people struggle with that. I don't want to talk about something that they're not ready to hear or that I take something away from them too early. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the tensions I hear. And with that, one of the tensions is how are parents going to respond? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the parents feel that as well. And some are going to want you to talk about it. And some are going to want only you to talk about it. And some are not going to want you to ever address it yeah. at all. Right. I think... Ashley, your dad's right. It is primarily the parent's job. The reality is some are going to do better at it than others. And so we have to take into account all the parents in our ministry from the most conservative conservative to the most liberal. And so, you know, that can be a tough job to figure out how to address it, but we need to address it. These are the yep. questions the kids are asking. And, um, and if we believe the church should be the safest place to talk about anything, then it needs to be about this topic. And this is where they're going to ask it. And Mm -hmm. and it's actually an indicator that you're doing a great job in Mm -hmm. ministry is when you're going to get these really hard questions, weird questions, questions that you want to laugh at, you know, it's because you've created a safe place, which is a great thing. So why should they be asking, uh, why should the students be having these conversations and asking these questions? Why should pastors be youth pastors, youth leaders be addressing these things from the stage? Well, because kids are going to ask them somewhere. And so they're either going to ask their friends but more than likely they're going to ask Google mm-hmm. or the encyclopedia or the encyclopedia <laughs> right. if you live in 1989. <laughs> um, but you want them to be able to ask someone who actually has accurate and healthy information for them. And that's not their friends or Google. And it's not weird that they ask questions. I mean, if you read scripture, God created us as sexual beings. And so this is natural and normal yet Culturally, we have done a terrible job about reacting to it as if it's natural and normal. Well, what's funny is our mindset when it comes to this topic is so different than it is about another topic. For example, alcohol. You don't start talking to a teenager about alcohol when they start using it. Right. Like you talk to a teenager about alcohol long, long before about what it is and who uses it and what's what's a healthy way to engage in that and or whatever your beliefs are about Mm -hmm. that. But it just, it's funny how we, I mean, I get that it's a more sensitive topic, Mm -hmm. but it's funny how we approach it so differently. I mean, I think the apostle Paul might've been after something when he said, you know, sexual sin is more complicated. Mm -hmm. It is just more complicated. It's emotional, it's physical, it's spiritual. And so, you know, the way we respond to it is, you know, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. So powerful things are dangerous things or incredible, you know, incredibly good or incredibly bad things. One of the tensions that I felt early on, and and maybe you have or maybe you haven't, is that when I first took a small group in our student ministry, I was fresh out of college, and they knew more about the subject than I did. Wow. And I learned some things from my small group. Hilarious. But I think sometimes it's it can be awkward if you're a youth leader who's younger or not married to talk about something that we always talk about in the context of marriage. Hmm. I think that's a great point. I think sometimes as adults, we project what we knew about that subject when Mm -hmm. we were in middle school and when we were in high school, like, oh, I wasn't thinking about that, or I didn't know that about that when I was in seventh grade, so they don't either. But that's just not the case. So I just think that understanding that, hey, they're part of the information age, and they're going to have access to a lot more stuff and have a lot more questions younger is huge. 
Yeah. And Crystal, I'm so glad that you said that about being a small group leader who's not married or who's younger and maybe doesn't know, know how to talk about that topic. And I think that's actually an area the church hasn't done a good job in, because I think that when we talk about when God, as chef, as you said, God created us as sexual beings, which is so much more than the physical act of sex. It's the way that you use your body to get Ooh. attention. It's the way that you dress. It's the words that you choose to use. It's so much more. So I think that anybody, whether you're married or not, and no matter what mm-hmm. age you are, you can talk about your sexuality in a healthy, God-loving way mm-hmm. for that, that season you're in. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get to how we talk to middle schoolers and high schoolers about sex and dating, I just want to go back and talk about, hey, what do you do if you're getting pushback from parents, maybe your senior pastor, maybe even your small group leaders who don't want to talk about this with students or don't want you to talk about it with your students? Because before we talk about how to talk about it, what if you do if you're, you're being told not to? I'm glad we're talking about this because you will get pushback because mm-hmm. um, and it, that you will at least get questioned to be clear you know what you're doing. So think through it. And so I'm so glad we're doing this. And we should probably do this a couple times a year because this should be coming up all mm-hmm. the time with students. Um, but I think, I think you need, a re- you need to, to have these questions. I love what Ashley used to do with these questions when parents would come in for the night because they would... I mean, they were, they didn't believe their kids had these questions, did they? So what, what, tell them what you did. So we had a parent preview night. We did this in the public schools and also in the youth ministry that I was part of. And we would have parents come and we'd either teach the lesson in front of them or we'd show a video of the lesson that we were going to teach. We'd also show them the small group questions, but I would lay out these handwritten questions by grade so that parents who were going to tell me my middle schooler doesn't think like this, which maybe they have a middle school who doesn't yet. But for, for the most part, this age group doesn't need to be talking about this. And they could see from the handwriting of a middle school student, the authenticity and the rawness of the questions they really are wrestling with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it like, it helped me as a leader. Yeah. Well, either they're wrestling with it or the kids they're riding on the bus with are wrestling with yep. it. So mm-hmm. they're going to hear about it and it's going to become a question mm-hmm. whether they're wrestling with it or not. And I think what you did is so key, communicating in advance, not after you've had the talk with the students, Mm -hmm. but before, and giving parents an opportunity to know what you're saying so they can decide whether their student can attend or not, because that's just, that's just how you are in trust. Mm -hmm. I would love to say I thought about this beforehand, but I didn't, we, we used to talk about sex in the context of a camp and um, we would have outside speakers come in and they would say the craziest things. And, you know, you just... You wanted to control the information, and so we decided to pre-record it, and then we did the conversation in the context of Sundays because we wanted the conversation to go to parents. We wanted it to happen longer. We almost wanted to force some parents to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. So we pre-recorded the talks on video so we can make sure the words – we chose the words carefully Mm -hmm. and said exactly what we wanted to say because you never know what's going to happen live. you know. And if you have outside speakers come in, they can say the craziest things like – you know, dolphins are the only other animal in the world that has sex simply for fun. <laughs> and then, oh, my word. That actually interesting. happened. That didn't really happen. Interesting, did happen? And interesting but did. not helpful. And then, and then that was the only thing we ever saw in surveys. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it, that one idea. And so we were like, fine, we're done. But, I, and this is the part I wish I had thought of. Um, it was actually one of our tech guys goes, why don't we send it to the parents on Wednesday before we show it to the kids? Mm-hmm. And it changed everything about the way um, we talked about this in church. So whether you're 
you know, your senior pastor is kind of nervous about this, whether you have parents that are apprehensive, you know, what I've heard both of you guys say um, is that record something, let's put it together, let's choose this our words. exactly what I'm going to Choose say. our yeah. words carefully and give it to them. Be like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Senior pastor, now are you on board? Right. Or, or And then parents, now... You know, they have the ch- choice to send their kids or not. But like, hey, this is what it's going to yeah. be. No surprises. And attendance always went up. And I would always get a call from homeschool parents that would say, hey, we're going to keep what, you know, what are the other options? And we ne- we actually never gave other options. We were like, well, then mm-hmm. take them to big church with you, where they probably talked about the same thing. And then, um, and then they would say, but I am going to show it to my high school kids. So it was always interesting. Like huh. everybody appreciated it. Some people said it's just too early for my very few people, but most people attendance always went up. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. So when and how do I start talking? When and how do you start talking about sex and dating with middle schoolers? Well, initially, my thought is I don't want it to just start in middle school. It, you need to back up all the way to the very first phase, the, the preschool phase, the elementary phase, and start talking about the building blocks. And I'll talk about what I mean by that in a minute. But the, the truth is, is the days of the talk, like that, the talk, the talk are long gone. Like the conversation needs to be starting so much earlier, in my humble opinion, so that when you get to middle school and high school, there has been a foundation laid with small group leaders, with the trust in the church, with parents, mm-hmm. so that they can ask these kind of questions that we just talked about. What I mean by starting in preschool is saying things to preschoolers like God made you. And when they get to elementary school, building on that and saying not only did God make you, but your body belongs to you. And then it brings us to the middle school phase. Yeah. So then, so then Ashley, if it starts in preschool and then kind of builds a little bit in elementary school and that kind of thing, how do we continue that conversation then? Once we have a sixth grader, you're a youth pastor you know, is there, you know, the first time you're going to talk about this in your environment, what does starting that conversation or continuing that conversation, I should say, look like for a sixth grader? Well, I think it's important to be very, very real with middle school students when it comes to this topic, because they now have more access than they ever have before. And Mm -hmm. if they find out that you're not telling them the whole truth, they're not going to ask you anything else because they're going to go somewhere else for that information. And I think that, I mean, you know your students better than anybody else knows your students. So you know where they are in this area. Well, hopefully you know where they are. If not, spend some time figuring that out because you know exactly what they need to hear. You know how mature the audience is in your specific context of this country. And so I think you start there and build around that. I always like to start with just the basic concept that sex is good. It always kind of wigged the kids out with that, but God created sex and it's good and it's powerful, which is why people can pervert what it is and how it's used, which is really what we're talking about because we're trying to expose them to truth so that they can see the lies in the world. And so Mm -hmm. I love starting there and it's powerful and it's important and it's so important. It's worth considering you know, and being very careful with it and cautious with it and using it in the right ways as God intended it. So, but that freaks parents out because they always mm-hmm. come back to, but when are you going to tell them it's wrong? But when mm-hmm. are you going to tell them it's mm-hmm. wrong? You know, one on a practical uh, note, we would tell parents in the fifth grade year that, hey, we're going to the middle school and we're going to talk about sex every year. And then I would tell them, but calm down. We're not going to talk about it until um, after Christmas. And that really let parents calmed down a bit after that. And honestly, by the time they rode the bus for that year in February and March, they were happy we were talking about Mm -hmm. it and helping them talk about it. 
And I think that's such a good point of this is not just about informing parents you're having the conversation, but there may need to be some coaching of parents on how to have that conversation on their own because they don't come with manuals either. And they don't know Mm -hmm. how to have these conversations with their kids. Um, And as you said, this is really primarily a parent's role. So how do we coach them? And most parents are, I mean, they're nervous for several reasons. They're nervous because they're worried their kids are going to ask them, what about you? Right. You know, they need to think through how they're going to answer that question. They're nervous because they've never even thought about the answers. One, you know, one year we gave away what I think is one of the best resources out there on this. Um, Love, Sex, and Dating, The Truth About Love, Sex, and Dating. Mm. What was it called? It was a book written by Andy Stanley. Yeah, The Truth About Love, Sex, and Dating. And it went through really God's plan for sexuality. And I think most adults for the first time understood through that book what they should have believed about it. And once you have clarity about it, it becomes easier to talk about with your kids. And um, so we gave that book away the first day of the sex series um, by giving it to the small group leaders and the leaders had to go back and meet the small group leaders. So everybody was eyeball to eyeball the first day of the talk. It drove attendance up and it just, we really were kind of forcing parents to have a conversation whether they felt like they were ready or not. But we also gave them resources. And I love that you gave a resource because I think for a lot of parents and, and a lot of small group leaders, when it comes time to have a conversation and you're not ready for it, you just reach back into the toolbox that your parents gave you, mm-hmm. yeah. which wasn't, I mean, I think I don't have any more. V- I can't play the VHS tape. Of <laughs> you don't have Fonzie. The, the VHS tape and I don't have a set of encyclopedias. <laughs> so we need some new items in the toolbox. I think the biggest gift that we can give middle school students when it comes to the topic of sexuality is words to talk about it and the skills and how to do that. Mm-hmm. Like how to ask for help, how to get yourself out of a situation, what to do with what you're feeling. Give them right. the words and give them the skills. And I think you set them up for. I think that's huge. Like that's, that's the goal of talking about sexuality in middle school. I feel like, you know, it's not to take the place of the parent. Right. It's not to ex- answer, uh, you know, it's not to, you know, just answer weird questions all the time. It's like to se- to give them that. Can you say that one more time to give them the, you know, the words to use and the right The words perspective. to use and the skills and how to use those words or the, like how to get themselves out of a situation, right? get themselves into a situation, whatever it is. Like that's the why. And that's huge. So what would you guys say before we move into the, what we do about this with high schoolers, what do you say about dating in middle school? Because I know that that's kind of a weird topic too, because like, should they be dating? Should they not? You shouldn't talk about that. Do you address dating in middle school? You know, I know that's... Is that what like they a, call it right, these days? Is that even a, <laughs> you know, how did you guys approach that when you were leading ministries? I mean, it's so obvious that middle school students are all over the place on this. Some of them are allowed to date. Some of them aren't even thinking about dating. Well, some a few of them aren't thinking about dating. Um, I think that it's important that we talk about the building blocks to dating in middle school, mm-hmm. because if they're not dating now, they will be here in the near future if they choose to. And so what they're doing right now will help determine their habits of how they treat somebody in the yeah. future or how they expect to be treated by someone else. Like we can't mm-hmm. just ignore it. I mean, all the, a lot of the questions we were just asking at the beginning of the show were about relationships, yes. not just how does this work or sexuality? It's like, how do I keep from getting hurt in a relationship? I saw a huge shift in sixth and seventh grade. It was so much about the plumbing and like, how does everything work? How does it work together? And what is the information that I need? And then seventh into eighth grade, eighth grade into ninth grade, that phase right there, there was a shift in the, the emotional 
uh, needs in a relationship and the questions changed. They were deeper, they were more meaningful, and they were more well-rounded when it came to a relationship. So I think it's very, very, very important to talk about it in middle school. Well, and I think as adults, sometimes we tend to minimize those questions with middle schoolers and we chuckle and we say things like, oh, you're going out? Where are you going? Right. (laughs) You can't drive. But for them, mm-hmm. it is very much a real boyfriend-girlfriend situation, even if your mom dropped you off at the movies. Right. It's or not, even if you've never met them, you just texted with them on Instagram. Right. Yep. It's not Which helpful. also, that's scary. Yeah. yeah. It's not helpful to diminish it. It doesn't help. It doesn't. And it's so important to have conversations kids can go to so that they can do their, have a unique conversation about the topic we're talking about. We used to say basically the same things every year and the conversations would change as the kids got older based on what they were facing. Yep. And that's why you have to have great ratios, small group leaders who know their kids and places where they feel safe to talk about what's really going on in their world. So how does the, so shifting to high school students, how does the conversation change from middle school to high school? Does it change? I guess this might be the first question. Well, I think in some ways the principles from stage stay the same. It's mm-hmm. the conversations in small groups that really change, which is a great time to start coaching your small group leaders that, hey, this is going to look very different from ninth grade to 10th grade. I know we did a uh, sex and dating series at the beginning of my own small group's ninth grade year. And my co-leader and I, we prepared, we talked through, we rehearsed <laughs> answers that we wanted to be really, really good. I love this story. Oh, we were so ready. And we prayed about it before we walked into small group. And we just had this really like raw sex talk from stage. And one of my girls looks up and goes, so has anybody ever kissed a boy? (laughs) No. All right. Can we talk about something else? Wow. (laughs) That was not what I was ready for. And that was not the case in previous ninth grade groups that I had led. So that may not be normal. So it's not just the age. It's each individual group. It's each individual group. And it's gauging your audience. Because what we learned very early was for those inexperienced in our group, being too direct made them incredibly uncomfortable. Um, But... Over the course of ninth grade year, those conversations then mm-hmm. then came out and changed, and it was okay to talk about anything in our group, right? Because anything, things change fast. Yep. So uh, you said the principles stay the same. Are you addressing? Do you address much sexuality once a student gets to high school, or is that like all right? We're kind of done talking about some of that kind of a thing, and we're primarily talking about dating at this point. Like we are all about relationships. Well, I think you have to address some sexuality principles in high school for a lot of reasons. Uh For for some, it's this is the first time they've thought about it. But for most, those ideas need to be reinforced over time. And there are always new kids coming into your ministry who aren't from a church background, who no one has ever told them God even has anything to say about sex. The idea of talking about it in church is weird. So I think whatever matters most, you've got to keep recycling that principle. But with high school, it comes in the context of dating. Mm -hmm. I think that's so, so, so important. And I think, so we need to be really careful about the words we choose, the, the, the things we say, the things we're going to say over and over and over again. For instance, one thing I loved about the phase research is, um, at some point, uh, whoever was writing it had the realization that we use the word sexual purity over Mm -hmm. and over and over again as something that's ideal and sexual purity is, I mean, for some kids it's too late. So Mm -hmm. what's a better term, you know? And so we started using the word sexual integrity and being very 
careful about using sexual integrity. So if someone's had sexual experience, whether they felt it was the wrong thing to do or not, because they weren't from church where they are in church and they're just wrestling with the guilt of all of that, wondering if anybody, you know, thinking they're the only ones, um, you can make a decision to have sexual integrity even after maybe. Good. And for those who have their email window open right now, ready to write us and tell us that purity is always possible. And because of Jesus, we know, Yeah. but the students don't know that. So when you use terms like purity, it feels like a one-time event. Right. And if you're mm-hmm. past that point, you're right. past that point. So it's not just about what we know as leaders, but about what students understand that word to mean. So as we get ready to wrap up today, like I know that a lot of what we're talking about is what's said from stage a lot. You know, the cho- the words we use, the things we're going to talk about when we talk about sex, when we talk about dating. How do you begin to equip small group leaders to have great conversations with middle school and high school students about this? Because if if that's not happening and that's not going well, or you know, small group leaders are like, I'm not answering these things, then then a lot of this kind of you know it doesn't matter as much. Well, I think there are three things I've said when coaching small group leaders. The first is don't overshare. Your tendency, particularly if this is a big part of your story, Mm -hmm. is going to be to overshare the details. And for a child to hear an adult talking about sex, no matter the age, can be a really uncomfortable thing. Mm -hmm. So you share principles, but you don't always, particularly even in early high school, you don't always share the details of your own experience. Right. Um, So don't overshare. The other is don't overpromise. I think in the church, sometimes we tend to overpromise things like, if you wait, it'll be the best ever and there will never be any problems. Your marriage will be perfect and you'll never get a divorce. And yeah, let's not set up an expectation that's not biblical and not realistic right. for students. And in fact, I would say, don't make it about marriage at all. Do you wait till you're married? Sure. Is every person in your ministry going to get married? No, but there's still a reason to wait. And particularly for kids who are developing, um, when their brains are developing, they have a hard time conceptualizing something that far in the future. Mm, So wait till marriage feels like wait till never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. It's, it's so like, far, it, so far away. It makes it less relevant today. Like right. if we're talking about something like, like, no, 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 I just care about what's going on today. Tell it me why this matters realistic. today. Yep. So what, what about, what about you, Ashley? What about you, chef? Before we wrap up here, how do you coach small group leaders to have great conversations about dating and sexuality? So I'm actually preparing to go to a camp this evening and it's about, um, it's about life and living the Christian life. And if, pornography and sexuality doesn't come up in small group, then I've failed as a communicator and our small group leaders, you know, or if our, my small group leaders don't understand, not my small group leaders, the small group leaders don't understand that these questions are coming. We haven't prepared them for it. It was interesting. You said that if a small group leader refuses to talk about it, I have never had a small group leader refuse. Have you ever had that? Never. Yeah. That? Oh, they, they just have said they really? won't. Yeah. They're like, I don't feel comfortable talking about this. Can you come to my small group? Really? Mm-hmm. I've never had that. So I've had to remind small group thing. leaders, you can't say some of the no. things. That well, that's where saying. I was going to go. I, you know, I, yeah. when I coach him, I talk about kind of what you said, think about the appropriate age, mm-hmm. um, celebrate past victories, not current struggle, you know, those sorts of things. And I believe it, it has to get over to like, for instance, we're going to do the old cardboard testimony thing tonight and, or Saturday night it will be at camp. And, um, I make sure for this talk, somebody mentions pornography mm-hmm. every single time that they had a struggle with it because I'm looking at middle school 
you know, kids with cell phones, and I know it's an issue. I know mm-hmm. it's an issue for many of them in the room. If girls included, most of them in sure. the room. I, I guarantee most of them in the room that they're they've got a guilt thing or a confusion thing, mm-hmm. and they've got to talk about it. And if we don't acknowledge that that's a real thing, and so for an adult who loves them to stand up and say this was a thing in my past, I don't want everybody, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that now I'm over it for the kids to go. Yeah, me too. The most powerful words in small group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's really important. So, you know, it's, it's a dance. It's going to be messy. Don't think this is, you know, like you should have issues during the sex series because there are issues going on in kids' lives. So, you know, don't spend too much time trying to avoid issues. There will be issues. That's what we, that's what we do, right? Mm-hmm. We wade through it. We lean into the mess and we help kids grow and be healthy about stuff. For ministry leaders or small group leaders, there's five things I always talk to them about as they prepare to talk to middle school students specifically about sex because of just the sensitivity of that age. Yeah. Um, but I think that they apply to high school. Crystal, you can let me know what sure. you think. Um, but the first is know your students. Like As Crystal, you made very apparent every small <laughs> group is different. So you as the small group leader, you know them. You know how that conversation is going to go. Um, secondly, laugh with them. Middle mm-hmm. school students are going to laugh about this topic. The worst thing you can do is like reprimand them for for laughing because that's just their response to feeling uncomfortable. And when you embrace it with them, you actually will build trust. If you Mm -hmm. can laugh at the times they need to laugh so that they'll listen in the times that you need them to listen. Thirdly, get comfortable with words that make you feel uncomfortable. You yourself, if you present it and talk about it awkward, they're going to feel extremely awkward. So get comfortable or they're going to be very uncomfortable. Fourthly, talk about the whole picture. This is one of my biggest pet peeves about this topic is, I mean, growing up, this is what I heard. Don't have sex till marriage, marriage, don't have sex till marriage. But nobody ever talked about all the other stuff. Like it's not Mm -hmm. a black and white issue. There's a whole gray zone here of things. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that leads to the physical act of sex. So talk about, be real with your kids if they're there and if Mm -hmm. they're ready for that. And lastly, and I think most importantly, is normalize, normalize, normalize. Middle school students specifically feel like total weirdos. They're Mm -hmm. having feelings they've never had before. They're asking questions they've never had before. They think they're the only one on the whole planet that thinks that way. And so if you can help them understand, you're not going to think of a question someone else hasn't already asked. They're like, I'm not like, oh, good. You know? Yeah. It's a a huge gift we can give them. And I think just bouncing off that point, I'm a small group leader and that normalize, normalize, normalize thing. Like, like I want to make it normal that we talk about these things all the time. We we talk about porn like a lot in our small group, you know, like we're going to make this a, a recurring thing because it's normal to talk about those things on the bus. It's normal to talk about those things in the locker room. That's why they talk about them there because those are the places for them. Right. And I want to make it normal to talk about these things in my small group. And that's why you're one of the best small group leaders in the <laughs> world, good. CJ. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Well, guys, before we wrap up, for the youth leader, for the ministry leader who's ready to take the next step and really dive into these conversations in their ministry, I hear that you guys have some huge resources for them. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we we realized that talking about this in your student ministry can and getting it right the first time and knowing what to say and how to say it can be really difficult, um, particularly if you've never done it. And so, as a team, we wanted to to give you a resource. We've been working on a project, a, a sex and dating series, in our high school team called More Than Friends, and on the middle school side, it's called 
Great expectations. Because they're not there yet, but they're <laughs> expecting it. Um, but we wanted to go ahead and give those teaching videos to you mm-hmm. so that whether or not you use our curriculum, it can be a message builder for you or something that you can share with parents or something that small group leaders can show in their small group um, as a way to begin a conversation. And in fact, we will also um, add the conversation guides to that so that you'll have some discussion questions to go along with those videos. You can find those in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, Crystal, that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, in case you didn't catch on there, we're actually on staff, uh, the four of us here around this table at a company called Orange, and we create series, and we're going to just give you, so that's a four That's four teaching videos for high school, for high school uh, along with small group questions, and four videos for middle school and small group questions, all for free. And so if, you, if you're ready to engage with this in your ministry and you're trying to figure out where to start, this will be a huge uh, head start for you. So you can check those out. We'll have a link to download those in our show notes at rethinkingym.org. And I'll remind you of that before we close today. And even if you don't end up using our series to teach, it can be a tool that you can listen to someone else teach middle school students and someone else teach high school students about this topic. Mm -hmm. And you can grow as a communicator and as a ministry leader or a small group leader in how to approach that. And one of the things I love about these conversations is that it's not just sexuality. Um, I think particularly in high school, when we have dating series, we focus sometimes so much on sexuality that we don't give them healthy dating habits in addition to that. So um, the high school series also includes what happens when no one wants to date you mm-hmm. and how to break up <laughs> in a healthy story. way. Um, Those are such good skills to teach them. <laughs> right? I wish someone would have taught me. <laughs> me too. So, and Chef, do you have any final thoughts here before we wrap up today? I, I guess all I would say is if I was listening to this, I would be saying there are so many things that they haven't gotten to. Mm-hmm. And um, I agree. And that's why we do the podcast weekly to talk about all kinds of issues. And we're going to come back to this over and over and over again, whether we're talking about sexuality or we're talking about identity, we'll talk about technology, we will talk about the LGBTQ um, conversations. conversations and questions that you know, we have, uh, about those and how to address all of those things. And so, um, I'm looking forward to all those conversations. It's going to be great. Yeah. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Uh, there's a lot, um, a lot of conversations that we're going to have in the future here. Thank you guys so much for, um, participating in this conversation, for being vulnerable as we talk about these, you know, these issues. And thank you for joining us for the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, because your review will help us make this podcast better. And finally, if you want to dive deeper into what we talked about today, and if you want to download all of the free resources, uh, we mentioned a phase timeline, the the sexual integrity timeline uh, from preschool to high school, we'll have a free download download there of that and all the the videos the middle school four middle school videos four high school videos along with small group questions it's all free and it's all free if you just go to rethinkingym.org rethinkingym.org that's where our show notes live and these downloads live until next time i'm cj i'm ashley i'm crystal i'm chef and thank you for listening